Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this afternoon, Ed Montana. Alongside me today, my brother Alex. Alex, how you doing, buddy? What's up, Ed? I'm uh, I'm recovering from SummerSlam. I had a bunch of pizza, a bunch of soda, and a bunch of wrestling. Good Sunday night. That sounds good. I I knew it was SummerSlam last night, but I didn't actually watch it. Why didn't you invite me over, man? Uh, kids only. Kids only. Yeah, I, I, just because I happen to be a little bit bigger than most kids doesn't mean I'm not a kid. <laughs> Don't let the gray hairs fool you, man. I'm still a kid at heart. Yeah, my daughter, I, 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 I guess my daughter sucked me into promising her that I would, uh, you know, we would watch uh, SummerSlam together. And then I was like, well, you know, got a top, you know, because when I was a kid, right, it was like, you go to a buddy's house, right? it was a big party, I was like, well, if we're going to watch SummerSlam, might as well, you know, do it over some pizza and four two-liter Cokes. <laughs> that sounds like, that sounds like a good night. I was out at the baseball field till 10 o'clock at night, and the sun made nice. it, sun made it to the finals of a, of a baseball tournament. Unfortunately, they lost in the final, which... You know, it's never good to lose, but man, it sucks when you lose in the final a close game. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, they played. I mean, they played well. You know, five games, they won four of them. They they did well all weekend, but sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way, man. It, they ended up they were uh, they were up one with the bases loaded, and uh, <clears throat> this kid hit a ground ball not real hard, but I mean, he hit it precisely between the third baseman and the shortstop and that scored a run and there was an error on the throw and that scored another run and that's how they ended up losing but I mean if he hits that ball three inches one way or the other then the shortstop of the third baseman get it because he didn't hit it very hard uh but it's just it's just one of those things you know the bounce of the ball man is so tricky sometimes and then, and then and then to make matters worse in the bottom half of the inning we came up to bat and with two outs man on second and we're down two uh this kid absolutely smokes a ball and it literally hit the shortstop in the chest i mean it was right to him he didn't even have to move he just put his glove right in front of his chest and caught it ball game yeah. i mean that's just, I mean, that's just, you know, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Nothing you can do about that stuff. It happens. Well, sometimes you got to hit it where the other player isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and it just goes to prove, right? The, the It's always better to hit them where they ain't. <laughs> right, right. right they, they didn't hit one hard, but they hit it where they ain't. And we hit it hard, but hit it right to them, so. Yeah. That's, the, that's the way the ball bounces. And they say it's a game of inches. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, you know who's uh you know who's not worried about a game of inches here lately? The San Diego Padres. Man, are they looking now they look like they're just gonna outmuscle everybody, right? They've won seven in a row. They're still they're still four games back of the Dodgers because the Dodgers are I mean the, the Dodgers are like a big cat playing with their food. I mean they're just smacking teams around for the fun of it. But the Padres are impressive. Do you think they? Uh, you think they hang around for all? They, they've played thirty games. You think they hang around for another thirty games and make a run at it? 
Oh yeah, that they hang around. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, you know, it's a it's an exciting team. You know, I think they some of those. Oh, I mean, Eric Hosmer is the only one that I can think of that's older than you know right. a lot of other guys on that team. But uh, look, man, Tatis is is the main attraction, and he's you know doing well and. He's really, uh, I think he sparked the rest of the rest of the team. I mean, they hit grand slams in four or five straight games or some shit. Crazy, I mean, that's, huh? that's crazy. So, I mean, their week started off with, you know, unwritten rule bullshit. And it seems like they just build off that. And, uh, I mean, they, they're playing good, exciting baseball, you know? I mean, that's... What's good for the game right now? Now, the thing you have to wonder with them is their pitching is not great. And and you, you got to wonder what's going to happen when you get into the real throws of playoff baseball, especially with a young team like that. But <clears throat> certainly as far as the regular season goes, there's no reason to think they won't pick up a wild, a wild card spot. I mean, they're in they're in the first wild card spot right now. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't see that changing. I mean, they're – they're playing good ball. Uh, obviously, they're riding a bit of a hot streak. You mentioned the unwritten rules uh, from earlier this week. <clears throat> I know your opinion on this, but I'm but I'm going to let you share it with everyone. What did you think about the whole unwritten rule? First of all, this is what I want to know. Do you think he was wrong swinging 3-0 in a on a in a 10-4 game in the eighth inning? No, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I've never heard of this rule. After the sixth inning, if you're up by six or more runs, don't. I've never heard of that. You know, so I was like really shocked at all the, you know, all the backlash that he was getting. Um, and for, and first of all, I want to know who wrote these unwritten rules. Well, no one. They're unwritten. Right. Exactly. So. Fuck the unwritten rules because they're not in the handbook. <laughs> like they're, they're in the handbook. They're the they're in, they're in the unwritten handbook. In the unwritten handbook, I mean, well, I guess robbing a bank is not in the handbook either, right? <laughs> but you know not to do it. But this, but this is not that. You know what I mean? Like you know, the slogan was last year at the start of the season was "Let the kids play," and you know. Tatis is just that. He's just a kid. I'm, I I didn't see a big deal in it. I honestly didn't didn't know of this unwritten rule. Uh, so no, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, look, we seen we seen a. I think it was like on Sunday night a long time ago. Mariners and Indians. One of them came back from like a seven run deficit in like the last inning or eighth inning or whatever. We saw another one this week, where. Yeah. I forgot who was down. Oh, oh, it was the uh, the Phillies were up on the Blue Jays seven nothing, and Toronto came back in the second inning and or and whatever late in the game and right. you know so it happens. I mean, yeah. the, the I, only, I don't I don't have any beef with it. The only problem I had with Tatis was he missed a sign, right? Like the coach gave him the take sign, and <clears throat> he missed it. And, and I don't have a problem with the home run, 
but you know, you it's a team game and the coach calls, you know, makes calls and that's why they have signs. And if you miss the sign, I have a problem with that, but not a big problem, right? I mean, it happens, it's a mistake, it's not a big deal. Uh and 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 I'm kind of like you with these unwritten rules. I'm kind of like, whatever, you know. I, I don't I don't really care. Here's my problem. Like, what is the record for most runs in, in a comeback in the ninth inning? Right? Like, what's the biggest deficit overcome in the eighth inning? Right? It, let's say the record is eight. I don't know, but let's just say it's eight. Well, if you're anything less than eight runs up. You got to keep playing, right? And yep. here's the, and here's the thing: even if the record's eight and you're up eight, look. At one point, the record was seven, and someone made it eight, right? At some point, the record was six, and then someone else came and blew a seven-run lead. So just because you've got an eight-run lead doesn't mean you can't blow it, right? And the third thing is this: that pitcher on the Rangers is a grown-ass man collecting a significant paycheck. I mean, we're not talking about kids here. He's a grown-ass man. He's getting paid for what he's doing. And if he gives, you know, if he throws a meatball on 3-0, and actually it wasn't a meatball. It was kind of outside, but Tatis just is a strong kid, right? Right. I mean, just get over it. And quite honestly, I think the San Diego manager, because he was a former Rangers staffer uh, on the managing staff of the, of the Rangers, he made a bigger deal out of it than anyone, right? The pitcher threw him was- on the next pitch, and that was that. And that was the end of it. But then he went in the post-game press conference and made a big deal about it, and you know, Tatis has to respect it. And it's like people need to just shut up. Yeah, I, I didn't like that either. Uh, you know, the manager kind of calling out his guy, you know, his 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 young player. Uh, because look, at the end of the day, who's gonna be there? Who's gonna be there the longest with the Padres? The manager or Tatis? Probably Tatis, right? He's he's the face of the franchise. So I mean, I I, I didn't like that either because you're kind of putting putting the kid out there, and um, and I just found it really funny. The, the, the rest of the series, because they hit a grand slam, <laughs> like, oh, every yeah. game after that. <laughs> yeah. But the next grand slam was I mean, in the fourth inning, so it was okay. Right? So I, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing is kind so, of, yeah. the, whole, the whole thing is, is kind of silly. Um, <clears throat> moving around. Uh, any other big surprises to you so far? We're, we're about halfway done with this mini season that we're playing. Any other big surprises or any other anything else that's really kind of caught your attention? Uh, no, look, and real quick with the Padres, if they have pitching issues, you know, they're, they're, you know, now's the time for them to pick up the phone and make a few phone calls and maybe they can, they can grab a starter or two that could, you know, help them out. Right. But as far as um, other teams, uh, I mean, the Cubs are a little bit of a surprise because they started off real good, but they they haven't been so happy. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-oh, I've seen a crazy stat. I buy is like two for 20-something. His whole offense is really struggling. Now Chris Bryant has gone on the IL, so they might be in some trouble. Yeah, it's really looking like uh, a lot of stuff is kind of going status quo. The surprise to me, and part of it is because they've been really hot here lately, the Tampa Bay Rays, I mean, I, I, I figured they would be in the, in the fight for the, for the top of that division, but they're, they're looking better and better, and it, they have a ton of pitching, it seems like. They're good. They have good starters. They have a good bullpen, middle relief late in the game. I mean, they, they seem to have it all put together. Um, you know, they're, they're not – they're barely giving up four runs a game. So, you know, they, they are and, – and here's the thing. We're seeing a lot of home runs in, in this early part of the season. I'm not sure why. Uh, my guess is because it's hot. Um, we're seeing more home runs in the first 30 games than we normally see because the first 30 games are usually in April when it's a little bit cooler, especially in northern cities. And so we're seeing more home runs than normal. So scoring is up, but yet the Rays pitching is, is phenomenal. I would dare to say they have the best pitching in, in baseball right now. Yeah, it could be. Um... Yeah, I mean, another team that's really uh, – I'm not too surprised by it, but, I mean, the White Sox, I mean, they're fucking smashing. That lineup is really, really, really going to be tough to get out because those are home run hitters. Some of them hit for average. Like, that's that's a scary lineup. And the I think their pitching is pretty – is going to be pretty good. And it's, uh, you know, they got a lot of ground ball pitches on that team. So, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, they're, they're playing pretty good lately. Yeah, I know you're not surprised because you, you had them going pretty far. So, uh, they got off to a bit of a rocky start, but they've really, really hit their stride here lately. And, uh, and they're looking good. I mean, they're only two games out in the Central. It looks like the Central is going to send two teams to the playoffs because, you know, it, well, how many teams make the playoffs? It's eight, right? Eight. Yeah. So it's going to be two from every division plus two more. Yeah, my guess is the Indians are going to get right. it. Because it's going to be Tampa and the Yankees in the east, uh, the A's and the Astros in the west, although the Astros look a little wobbly, and then Minnesota, Cleveland, and the Indians, that's seven. So someone else will will find a way to, to you know, get in there, you know, maybe the Blue Jays or the Orioles or whatever, but – <clears throat> so it's looking, it's looking good for the uh, for the White Sox. I tell you what, they've got some muscle on that team because Abreu is. I mean, that guy's a. He hit a ball that looked like a lazy fly ball, and it ended up, you know, ten rows up in Wrigley in in the in the right field seats in Wrigley. So he's yeah. a he's a big strong dude. They look good. I like them. Um, <clears throat> anything else that's really caught your eye? Uh, I mean, you know, I think, I think that so far this season, you know, the eight teams makes it a lot more interesting, you know, because it just gives more teams the opportunity to not give up at the end, you know, because if you're the ninth, tenth place team and you're two, three games back with, you know, whatever, a week to go, you know. 
think about it, you're playing. You, 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 the, the odds are that you're probably playing the team in front of you, right? Being that you're only playing divisional games that last week or last two weeks. So, you know, that, that really kind of spices it up a little bit, you know? Yeah, that's the other uh, thing. You're, you're never really out of it. Yeah. Right? So it should be good. Yeah, looking at the standings, I mean, granted, we're only about 30 games in. But if you look at the standings by league, top to bottom, there's only two teams in the American League that are more than 10 games worse than the A's who have the best record. And there's only one team in the National League that <clears throat> is more than 10 games worse than the Dodgers who have the best record in the, uh, in the, um, in the National League. The A's are looking real good, which, you know, we kind of expected the A's to look good. Um, and it's it's going to be interesting. I think I think we got a lot of good teams. The only the only bad surprise, and I, it's not really a bad surprise. I guess you just kind of this is a reputation thing. But the Red Sox look terrible. I mean, the Red Sox. I, I don't know what's going on. They they can't seem to hit. They can't seem to pitch. They're blowing games late. I mean, it is. It's a nightmare. And and the other one that I notice is. Um, and this, it was like this last year, only they got better at the end. The Nationals' bullpen is just a nightmare. I mean, they're, they're giving up runs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Like, it's going to – they have to be praying for seven-inning doubleheaders every day. Well, well, now their issue is, you know, Strasburg is on the – is done for the season, so that's an arm that's lost. Corbin is not pitching that great. Scherzer is not pitching that great. So, you know, now all of a sudden, I thought they had the best rotation in that uh, division. I think if they were 100% healthy, I think they would definitely be the best rotation or the best one, two, three punch. But now, now they, they, they got to rely on, on their bats. And when you look at their lineup, it's not that great. Remember, they lost Rendon. And, you know, my question was, was yeah. Soto going to be able to kind of carry that lineup? And that's going to be a, it's going to be tough to do, you know? Well, it's tough to carry the lineup when you don't have any protection, right? I mean, that's, it's not, it's not just the production of Rendon. It's the protection, right? It's, it's having a guy behind you and, you know, seeing more balls that, you know, the pitcher's got to get it out from somewhere. And so you're going to see more fastballs and you're going to see more, uh, you know, you're going to see a better selection of pitches to hit. So <clears throat> it's been tough, but uh, it's looking good. Uh, I, you know, I think now that the Cardinals are playing again and the Marlins are catching up, hopefully the players have learned that there's still this whole COVID thing out there and they stop monkeying around and stick to playing baseball. You know what I mean? Well, the Mets were the latest victim, and it's funny that it was in Miami. <laughs> right. So I, I blame that on the Marlins. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, the Mets are – are the Mets back this week? Are they back already? Or the did, was it just the weekend? So the Mets are back on Tuesday, and they will have two seven-inning doubleheaders. They will have about 70 innings in to, to play in six days well that's good because that's less bullpen work well maybe not well well if if 
if you had if you had a you know if you had the Grom one through five, yeah, that'd be okay. But the Mets don't have the Grom one through five, and they have a couple of guys on the ILs. So it may in this case, it's not really a benefit to the Mets. Yeah, if they can spread those uh, double headers out, it, it would work. Because that's the problem, right? If you play enough double headers, you can't get your rotation back in. So you're going to have to have a bullpen game, basically. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. This 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 short season is uh, has created a lot of weird weird dynamics. But it's yeah. interesting to watch. It is. Did you watch uh, a Mike Trout baseball card sell for four million dollars? I missed that, but you mean you didn't have a bid? Probably because I wasn't in the bidding. Four million dollars for a Mike Trout baseball card for a piece of cardboard. I, I just, I'll tell you what, I do not understand how that whole market works. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, okay. My, I understand. Don't get me wrong. I understand Mike Trout is a Hall of Famer in the making. Uh, you know, he may end up being one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. He's going to win a World Series, let's say, whatever. I understand all of that. What I don't understand is that someone would pay $4 million to have something that's very obviously not worth $4 million. Like, like, it's worth $4 million because that's what he paid for it. But there's no one else out there that's going to pay $4 million for it. So now it's no longer worth $4 million. You know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying? I do understand what you're saying. But in this case, like Mike Trout's career is not done. Right. I'm going to assume that that value of the card is going to be more once he hangs it up. And those cards, uh, that card is probably a one-of-one. One, so nobody has it. So Wait, somebody but, will end up paying $5 million for it one day. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. You th- do you, don't you think that the fact that Mike Trout is still playing and the fact that people think he's going to be great is already baked into that $4 million number? Like, if he was, if he was retired – no one would pay $4 million for it, right? So the fact that people are paying, that someone's paying $4 million for it is because they assume that he's going to be a Hall of Famer, that he's going to win a World Series at some point, that he's going to win multiple MVPs. That's already baked in there, right? It's not like it's your baseball card. Your baseball card wouldn't go for $4 million because no one thinks you're going to make the Hall of Fame, win World Series, or win multiple MVPs. So I think that $4 million already has all of those assumptions baked into it. Yeah, so but I mean, it, it's just that. that it's, it's just an assumption. Now, if it becomes a reality that he makes the Hall of Fame, breaks the home run record, wins a World Series, and 10 gold gloves or whatever, then the, va- the value is going to go up. Plus, the trade the trade market with, with baseball cards is um, – I think it's a lot of uh, a lot of it has to do with it just being a uh, a collectibles thing, you know. Like you right. just you just want to collect it. So yeah. if if I'm a collector, if I'm a collector, and I have the money, right? I'm this billionaire. I'm Steve Cohen. I got all this money, and 
I want to throw away five million bucks. I, I, I'll make the guy an offer for five million bucks, and if he's willing to sell it, then that card is worth five million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like everything's baked into it. It can only, in my opinion, it can only go down from here, right? He gets yeah. injured, he gets injured here. Let's say he gets injured now, right, and he misses fifteen games. Well, now he's not going to win the MVP this year, right? Right. Um, you know, next year something happens. You know, obviously he's not in a, he's not on a good team right now, so World Series doesn't look likely. Um, you know, there's just so many variables. I feel like all it can do is go down. But I just it's crazy to me that people pay four million dollars for something like. That. I mean, I guess you know it's the same thing. I don't understand art either. Like people that pay millions of dollars for a painting. But at least. At least with a painting, that's a piece of work, right? Like someone did that. A card, because of the numbers it has on it, you know what I should do is I should make a card for my son and just put like a freaking awesome Hall of Fame career on it and be like, hey, <laughs> four million. Yeah, bucks. my son had a little league Hall of Fame career. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's already done with elementary school, so you know he was great. <laughs> That's right. You don't have to worry about whether he's going to get injured during elementary school. He's out. He's retired from elementary school. <laughs> he's in high school now. <laughs> you should totally do that. Like, just make up some crazy number and just print him out. Yeah. One of one. Put, you got to put one of one behind the card. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm only going to make one, and then I'm going to put it on eBay and see if I can, you know, maybe not four million, but if I can get four grand for it, why the hell not? <laughs> Explain right? your son. <laughs> hey, I've put more than four grand into his baseball at this point. <laughs> it's not, you know, as much baseball as that kid plays and equipment and whatnot, man. She gets know, pricey. More than four grand. <laughs> uh, hey, have you been uh, have you been watching these NBA playoffs? Uh, yeah, for the most part, I have. For the most part, I have. I got nothing but time in my hands, so you know, on every, my hands every so, fucking day. You know. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I tell you. Yeah, what, I mean, I, they they. I, I tell you what, bubble or not, these playoffs are the same thing as they were last year. You don't need 16 teams in the playoffs. The first round of the playoffs is pretty much a waste of time. You've got eight series going on, and only two of them, maybe three, are worth anything, right? I mean, the, 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 the Dallas Clippers series, only because of Luka Doncic, is must-watch TV. The um, – <clears throat> the, uh, the Rockets Thunder series, only because the Rockets can piss away games like nobody's business, has been must-watch TV. But the rest of it, waste of time. Oh, crazy. The, the, the Nuggets and Jazz game, two guys on two teams going for 50 last night? Nah, I don't know. Yeah, we got some pretty good games, man. But the Jazz, but the jazz are the, uh, the Jazz are making the Nuggets look terrible. I mean, all of a sudden, Mitchell and Gobert are just, you know, well, I mean, lighting it one up. team has to win and one team has to lose. So one team's going to make the other one not look yeah. good on, on, on some nights. But, I mean, those have been good games. 
but we're getting some really uncompetitive games, right? Like the Boston Philadelphia series. I mean, you all you had to do was watch the fourth quarter, and and even in a couple of those games, by the time you got to the fourth quarter, it was over. The Toronto Brooklyn series was Brooklyn even in the bubble? Oh yeah, that. Were they even in the bubble? Because I feel like Who? they left the bubble like two weeks ago. Who? The Nets. No, dude, the Nets. Did you not see the game between the Nets and the Blazers? Like, the Blazers needed that game. The Nets played a hell of a game. Look, there was no chance the Nets were going to beat the Raptors. They're undersized. They're undermanned. It, it, that, was a, that was a given. Hold on. Last week, I told you the one series I thought for sure was going to be a blowout was the Raptors-Nets series. And you said, no, I think the Nets are going to be competitive. It's going to be close. They may lose in five, but every game will be close. And it wasn't. No, yeah, I know it wasn't close. But, I mean, I, that doesn't mean that I thought they were going to win the series. I mean. No, but you said they were going to be competitive. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, but I mean, I I guess that goes to show that the, I guess that goes to show that the East is just not really good, and LeBron was getting a free ride every fucking year because I mean the Bucks, the Bucks, you know, lost that one game against the Magic, and I mean those series haven't been really competitive. I mean the fucking Heat are up three nothing on the uh, on the Pacers. They're playing right now, and the and the Heat are up thirteen. Yeah. I mean, so the Pacers just are getting manhandled. They're getting manhandled all over the place. And, um, you know, I thought the Blazers-Lakers series would be good, but I think Lillard is either running out of gas or he injured his hand worse than we think. And I, don't, I think it's going to be uh, pretty quick from here on out. I don't know. I'm starting to think that this playing every other day is taking a – toll on on the Lakers. I mean, there was a few plays Saturday night where they, they really didn't get back on defense. Man, they looked so, terrible in that first although, game. Although we, don't like, although we don't like the long layoff, you know, uh, how it normally is for the playoffs, this playing every other day might be taking a toll on them, and we're not getting a good quality of basketball that way either, yeah. you know? Hey, so <clears throat> Luka Doncic. I mean, is he the best player in the NBA right now? He's the best player in the whole world ever. Ever, huh? Ever. There we go. Over overreaction Monday. That's right. Nurkic is, you know, kind of like Fernando Tatis in, in baseball. You know, he's exciting. Uh, he's good. I think it was really classy by him to, you know, uh, uh, Harrell of the uh, Montrezl Harrell of the yeah. Clippers. Someone read him, you know, calling Doncic a soft-ass white boy. And they kind of, you know, met mid-court before yesterday's game and, uh, you know, Harold apologized and I thought Luka Doncic responded in a way uh, that, you know, uh, killers that move in silence do, you know, they don't, they don't do a lot of talking. 
he just responded on a busted ankle and brought his team back down 21 in the game and, and brought them back and fucking hit a game-winning shot. I mean, he's he's exciting. He's good. He's beautiful right now. Future is yeah. bright. And, you know, in today's day where we want to make a big deal about every little thing, I think it's, you know, I, I think we should see more examples of Donkic. You know, the other guy apologized. And he, you know, accepted the apology and you move on. I mean, if we got to stop, you know, this may, this goes beyond basketball, but we got to stop condemning people forever over a mistake, especially in sports where a lot is said and done in the heat of a competition. People need to just chill out and let them, you know, let them, uh, let them work it out, right? Just let them work it out. It's just not that big a deal. Well, I, I think in this case, people chose to talk about it and saw the opportunity to talk about it because he said soft-ass white boy right. and everything associated with the bubble and the, and the purpose of, you know, the guys having their, you know, the, the, these names on the back of their jerseys was trying to send a certain message. And so I think people saw an opportunity to, right. you know, Great, you know, to make this a big deal, right? So yeah. the media likes to do that. So I think both of those guys handled it well. I didn't, you know, yeah. I, I wasn't particularly mad at the Clippers player, uh, whatever his name is. It slips in my mind. You know, I, I don't know him, but I don't, I don't automatically assume he's a racist or anything like that. I mean, he's, you know, stuff happens during the course of a game. Those guys say a lot of stuff. They talk about their mamas and whatnot, and. It's competition, man. Everybody's everybody's yeah. trying to get a leg up. Yeah, yeah. Who wins that series? I mean, that's obviously the most competitive series that we have out of the eight. Um, it's tied at two. Uh, what do you think? Who who's going to pull this out? Uh, the Clippers aren't losing. The Clippers are going to win that series. Yeah, yeah. The Clippers will win that series. I tell you what, they're not going to win that. But I will say this. Go ahead. Paul George needs to figure it out because he's playing like really bad basketball. So um, I, I think the Clippers win. Uh, if it goes six or seven, I don't know, but the Clippers will. Well, and that's what I was going to say to you. I was like, I don't know that Paul George is going to figure it out. And I'm starting to think that that they may – they may have a serious problem on their hands, and and the I think the Mavs are going to pull this out. I, I think, it, look, they they've got the best player on the floor. Uh, Kawhi is now. Oh, that's right. They've got Did the best. Yeah, who plays for the Clippers? Huh? Did you forget who plays for the Clippers? Yeah, that guy's not that guy's not the same guy he was last year. I'm not sure why, but he's the fact of the matter is he's not, and um, they've got. The Mavs have the best player on the floor. And so – and Paul George is either in a slump or, 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 or maybe Dallas has just figured him out. I don't know. But I just don't think it's going to happen for the Clippers. I didn't have faith in the Clippers coming into this whole playoffs. Um, and I, I think the Mavs are going to knock them out. That would be interesting. That would. Um, they don't reseed after this, right? No. So so the Mavs would go up against the winner of the uh Jazz and Nuggets, which right. that's another one. I, I think that I think that series is just about done. I, I, Aren't they two two? 
No, it's three. Oh, that's three one. Yeah, and and Utah just looks. Look, that first game that they played that went into overtime. That was an extremely close game. Uh, they could have won that. The Nuggets pulled that one out, but after that, it's pretty much been all Utah, and I, I expect them to close the series out um, <clears throat> tomorrow when they play Game Five. Yeah, I don't know who's going to win that series, but I don't think they close it out tomorrow. I think Jokic goes off tomorrow. Whatever his points, rebound, assist total is, I'll take the over. Okay, I'll hold you to that. Um, in the East, in the East, look, everything's pretty much set, right? Uh, the Bucks are up three-one, and aside from that first game, they look like completely control. The Raptors and the Celtics swept. The Heat are up 3-0, and they're up big in this game. They're up uh, 11 right now. It looks like we're going to have those four teams. It looks like Bucks and Heat, Raptors and, uh, and, and Celtics. I think that Raptors-Celtics series is going to be the one to watch. I think that's going to be an awesome series. I think we're finally going to get some good basketball coming out of the East. What are you, what are you most looking forward to in the East? Um. I, I kind of like – I mean, I, I like both series really the same. Um, the more – I don't know, man. I, I keep thinking the Heat have like a NBA final team. I mean, I picked the Celtics, but I, I like the Heat's team. I think they really are uh, – I think they're a feisty team and they can shoot really well. I think they end up beating the Bucks. I don't think the Bucks are going to beat them. I don't think the Bucks beat them. I'm not sold on them. The, the Bucks have had large stretches, even in the games that they've won. They've had significant stretches where they look not quite on the same page. And defensively, they 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 got a lot of holes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean that. I think the Raptors and Celtics will probably give us a, a nice seven-game series. I expect that to be a battle back and forth. Hopefully it doesn't let us down. I hope so. Because I'm telling you, the East has been boring so far. So I, yeah. I, these conference semifinals, I want to see I want to see them go at it. Yeah. I want it to get yeah. yeah. Uh what else you got? Um uh, I don't know. Not, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, you know, I'm hungry. I'm ready to go eat. Well, you better go eat because I hear your, your stomach from here. Yeah, well, you know, I haven't eaten all day. I've been running around all day. All righty, my friend. <clears throat> that brings us to the end of another wonderful episode of the Positive Sports Podcast. As always, if you want to share your picks with us, you can reach the show via email, positivesports10 at gmail.com, positivesports10 at gmail.com. If you want to hit Alex up, how do they do that? On Twitter at BrooklynGaucho1. If you want to hit me up, you can reach me on Twitter as well, at emontana21. Any parting shots, my friend? Uh, No. Fuck the unwritten rules. (laughs) <laughs> hey why don't you go write the rules why don't you go write them down so we all know the rules are already written there's no, nothing else to write write the unwritten ones no 
swinging at pitches after the eighth inning? Nope. <laughs> if Rob Manfred doesn't do it, I ain't doing it. All right, all right. I figured it'd be, you know, maybe you should hit him up. Maybe he wants someone, maybe he wants a volunteer. Actually, nah, he I, won't answer my phone. Actually, I've seen your handwriting. You probably shouldn't write him. He won't answer my phone call. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to be able to read that. Yeah. <laughs> All righty, folks. As always, we appreciate you uh, watching and listening to our show. You can, you can catch our show on YouTube, Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, whatever podcast platform you choose. And as always, folks, ignore the negativity. Be the positivity. Peace.